Mic check, mic check, mic check. My caterers, where y'all at? Step to the front, step to the front. Come on, cousins, sisters and brothers. Let's talk. It's me and you today. All right. Uh, I feel your pain. Today we're talking about balling on a budget. You ever get those prospective clients who have caviar tastes on a turkey sandwich budget? Not even a deli turkey sandwich. We talking like the cheap turkey. I'm going to give you (laughs) my top three thought processes, tips, tricks, you know, tidbits, hacks, if you will, uh, on how I deal with these folks. Okay. I'm feeling your pain right now because I'm always honest with y'all. I've been having a bit of a cash flow challenge. Okay. And so... Um, I said, you know what? I've been turning down um, catering opportunities because, uh, first of all, it takes a lot of effort and energy. Secondly, which I don't mind expending effort and energy. I, I actually enjoy working. Uh, I'm one of those people, but I have so many other things. I ha- have had so many other things on my plate the past like year and a half. I mean, I'm just actually just going to say three years, <laughs> the past three years that I've been turning down all catering inquiries. Um, if it wasn't directly connected to school and what, you know, my role as a teacher, but been having a bit of a cash flow challenge. So I said, you know what, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and scoop up a couple of these real quick. So uh, I'm feeling your pain right now because some of the questions, some of the inquiries that come through, I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, is this an actual question? So let's dig into this because if you're a caterer, have catered in the past, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're thinking about becoming a caterer, you need to know what I'm talking about right now. Okay. Because uh, it may happen to you in the near future. So let's talk about balling on a budget. First of all, when someone comes to me and says something, hey, I need a caterer, I have a birthday party, a wedding shower, a, a, a wedding, a baby shower, a funeral, whatever the case, right? A celebratory event of some nature, whatever the situation is. Um, I didn't always do this in the past, but now my very first couple of questions, always, I'm always asking, you know, how much do you want to spend per person? That's important to frame it that way. Because if you just say, what's your budget, somebody can throw out a number, right? And to them, it feels like a lot of money. $300, $500, $1,000. Okay. But how many people are you trying to feed? So, so how much do you want to spend per person is a different question, a very, very different question than asking how much do you want to spend per person? Because if you just say a thousand dollars, I'd be like, oh, all right, you know, they feel like they're doing something. We might can we might can do something. But how many people are you trying to feed? If you're trying to feed a thousand people on a thousand dollars, where can you go? You tell me. Where can you go and feed somebody a satisfying, fulfilling meal for one dollar? Well, they will leave satisfied after being served on a plate that costs money with. <laughs> small wares, flat wares, decorative uh, chafing dishes, all this rigmarole, right? You can't do it. 
right? So don't just ask what's the budget, right? Um, you know, balling on a budget is is a precarious situation because oftentimes people on a budget may not know or choose to be in denial of the fact that you probably shouldn't be throwing an event. To be honest, if all you can spend is $3 per person, y'all might need to go to the grocery store and shop or have a potluck. Everybody brings something, right? (laughs) Better yet, everybody, whatever your thing is, your favorite thing that everybody says uh, you do so well, you, you, one person had a mac and cheese, another person have maybe bring dessert, somebody else bring the drinks. Hey, you, you can't cook. That's okay. We need plates and napkins and forks, right? Everybody go ahead and bring something because $3 a person is not going to get you very far. $5 a person is not going to get you very far. Now, not only are we talking about the cost of food, we're talking about, again, flatware, smallwares, decorative items, catering attendants to make sure y'all have everything you need. These people need to be paid. We're talking about prep time. We're talking about shopping, ordering, receiving, all those things in the flow of service. Y'all don't get me started because y'all know I can talk. But all those steps in the flow of service, the average client does not think about. The average client does not think about all the steps in the flow of service that happen prior to them putting a fork in their mouth. They don't think about that. They don't think about. Now, they know subconsciously somewhere in their brain, hopefully that it happens, but they're not actively thinking about it. They're just thinking, I have this $500 here. And I want to feed these people, my friends and family for this event, right? And so top three tips right here. Top three tips. Number one, I I, I struggle with how to order these. I'm just going to venture out and say that they're not in order of importance, I feel that my top three tips for dealing with somebody, a potential client or client that's balling on a budget are of equal importance, okay? First of all, don't be afraid to say no. Yo, there's so much power in no. And here's the thing. The first time I ventured into catering independently, like not for a restaurant uh, or corporation. The first time I ventured full force into catering on my own, it was, I had quit a job. I said, here's your keys. And, and I, I think I tell the story on a, on a past episode where I do my, my resume rundown or something like that. But so I won't go into it t- today, but I had to make a choice, right? I was catering part-time and also working a full-time job and it was starting to conflict. I had used up all of my time off and et cetera. And so there was a big gig that I needed to be there for. I didn't have the infrastructure in place to be able to have a team operating independent of me. I didn't have uh, that skill set or foresight at that time. So I had to make a choice. Do I stay here at this job or do I attend to this catering job? And then at the time, the catering had been picking up, like things were, you know, going pretty solid. So I had to make a choice. I quit. Right. So it's difficult sometimes 
if this is your only source of income, maybe you're having a lean month, maybe a lean year. Yeah, you're in that mode of, of eat what you kill, right? If I don't take this catering job, I don't know how I'm going to pay XYZ bill. Maybe the lights are going to get cut off and I don't know how they're going to get turned back on. It's different if the lights get cut off and you have the money in the bank or you can borrow it from a friend or family member or you can dip into, you know, dip into another account. Oh, I got a little credit card on the side over here. I can borrow from Peter to pay Paul, right? But when you don't know how they're getting turned back on, that's a whole different ball of wax, right? That's a different feeling. So so sometimes it's hard to say no, but you can't be afraid to say no. You can't be afraid to say no because there's so much power in no because if someone is coming at you incorrectly, they want to spend 2 or $3 per person. It's going to cost you more time, money, energy to execute that event than you're going to make when you could be freeing up your energy for another opportunity. So you can't be afraid to say no. I know sometimes it's tough, right? Um, my second tip, state your opinion, but don't argue. <laughs> Slash put everything in the contract. This is like a two-part. This one's a two-part. State your opinion, but don't argue. See, interesting. Where's that book? Ah, I'm going to find it. Interestingly, people will say that they want your opinion and they're lying to themselves. It's not a matter of them lying to you. They're lying to themselves. Like, well, you're the chef, you're the expert, you're you're the you're the events coordinator. You're you've been in catering for years. I, well, what do you think I should do? What's your opinion on this? Well, what do you suggest? What would you pair with this? Well, I, I'm thinking ABC. Do you think one, two, three would really work well with that? State your opinion. But don't argue with these folks. Don't get emotionally invested. I used to do this. That's how I can speak on this. I used to get emotionally invested. Well, if they take the food to go... It's not going to be hot anymore. And well, what, what, like I'm stressing out because I want everything I do to be a reflection of excellence as the standard. I want everything that I do to have my stamp and my mark on it and say, yes, this is, this is, this is, this is approved, right? This is, this is my best effort, right? This is my heart on the plate, right? But you can't, you care, but you can't care to the point that it kills you. You can't care to the point that it stresses you out. For instance, holla if you hear me, if you can identify with this statement, let me know, right? As a young black chef in the South, nine times out of 10, somebody's going to ask me to fry some chicken or fish. Y'all, Listen, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't even wholly identify as a chef. Yes, uh, some people call me Chef Tasha. Yes, some people call me Chef Jackson. Yes, I went to culinary school, but my heart really is in operations. My heart really is in, as far as restaurants are concerned, is really in the hospitality piece when it comes to the people piece. Cooking, I do when I'm in the mood. I'll be honest. I don't have an intense passion for cooking. Um, 
So, but I said that to say <laughs> I can cook other things, y'all, right? But I'm not going to argue with these folks. I want fried chicken and collard greens and macaroni and cheese and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Right now, with that being said, fried chicken does not travel well. It does not hold well. As soon as it comes, it's like a new car. As soon as you drive that car off the lot, immediately, what starts to happen? You ever had a new car? Or even a gently used car? (laughs) New to you, right? As soon as you drive that bad boy off the lot, depreciation immediately begins happening. Now, it's still a good car. Still drives smooth. Still proud to own it. Still going to make my payments. But it's not quite worth as much as it was worth before. I put the pedal to the metal, hit gas, and drove off the lot. Fried chicken is one of those things. Fry Any kind of fried food, really, is one of those things. Like, as soon as it comes out hot out the grease, pop, pop, popping, sizzling, right? That's when it's optimal. I put that bad boy in a can, bro, a hot box, a, a bag, however you're transporting it, right? I have to cover it. Even if I'm poking holes in it, there's some steam happening. If your traveling device is doing what it's supposed to do and holding heat, it's going to generate some type of steam, some type of heat is happening, right? That that chicken's going to sweat a little bit, right? That crispiness factor, it'll hold for as long as it can, but it's just not quite the same, right? And so when people ask me, as they often do for fried chicken, I would be remiss not to share that information. I would not be doing my due diligence to say, hey, look, if this is what you really, really want, I can do this for you. However, right, you got an oven we can turn on low so we can try to keep this little crisp happening until your guests arrive. Or I just want you to be aware it's not going to be quite the same unless you want to pay for an action station for somebody to fry it on site. We can bring the, the countertop fryer in. Right, we can pay somebody $25 an hour to stand there and fry chicken. Wait on the oil to get hot, right? Wait on the temperature of the chicken to drop a little bit because you don't want to fry it straight out of the refrigerator. It's gonna it's gonna make your 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 oil drop too drastically. So we want to sit it, sit it, sit it out 20, 30 minutes. Go ahead and fry it up. Present it to be served. Not only that, now we have to cool down that same oil or grease if you're from where I'm from, right? Now we have to cool that oil down and then figure out how to transport it. All that is hours of labor. That's minutes and minutes of labor, depending on how many people you serve. You want to pay for that? No problem. But if you balling on a budget, you probably don't. You probably don't want to pay for somebody to stand there and fry chicken. So let's talk about it, right? I'm going to give you my opinion, but I'm not going to argue with you. If you insist and I'm willing to do it, we're going to do what you ask for. And then we're going to put it in the contract. Okay. Make sure you put it a upon chef's recommendation. We don't recommend blah, 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 blah. Client would like yada, 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 put it in there. Um, Especially also, ooh, this is like part C to the number two. <laughs> also, if they don't order enough food, y'all, put that in the contract too. 
Okay. Because if you run out, people are going to be looking at you. They're not going to be looking at the host. They're going to be looking at the caterer like, oh, y'all didn't make enough. Y'all didn't bring enough. You didn't, you overserved something, right? So, so put it in the contract. Here's, here's my uh, last tip. Y'all not going to like this one, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Sometimes it's better to do something for free than to undercharge. Ooh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You don't like that one. Sometimes it's better. If you're not going to say no, maybe it's your cousin, auntie, grandma, friend, coworker, whatever. You're not going to say no. Sometimes it's better to do it for free than to undercharge. Here's why. Once you start undercharging people, ah, this is not my normal price, but for you, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah per person. Once you start that, word spreads, right? And somebody comes, eats your food, loves it. They ask them, oh, man, who's your caterer, blah, blah, blah. You know, that was really great food. Oh, so-and-so was my caterer. Look, they're going to ask how much it was. Oh, I just I only paid. <laughs> I only paid. Only paid five dollars a person. Word. Now that person's looking for the same deal, right? Now you didn't you you didn't started something now, right? So, and not only that, the interesting thing also is that the people who don't pay the adequate amount are the neediest people. People who pay, who get a discount, I talked about coupons on the the last episode, right? Those are the ones that have the most problems. People who come and they say, okay, I want this and this and this. Uh, This is how many people I have. This is the vision. This is the color scheme. This is the event. This is the location. How much is it, Jeff? Oh, okay. Okay. $32 a person. All right. I understand. And I get what? Okay. All right. Write it up. Send me the invoice. How much is the deposit? Oh, 50% down. Okay. When do you need it by? All right. At least two weeks or a week prior to the event. Okay. Got it. Send the invoice. Immediate payment. Those people are the best. No problems out of those people. You know the people who give you the problems? The ones who want to haggle. Ah, ooh, uh, well, can we do uh, mm, how much? Ah, well, my sister, cousin, friend, auntie, wife down the street said she could do it for uh, you said 32. Ah, mm, she said she could get it done for 22. Either send them on their way or say, you know what, I feel like doing some community service and getting my name out there. I just want to be able to help you feed your people. It's on me. Don't you worry about it. Just help me spread the word about who did the catering. That's better because expectations, right? You haggle, haggle, haggle. Somebody talks you down from 32 to 22. I'm just using random numbers, right? Those are the people who say, ah, can I change? Can I make one last change on the menu? Ooh, my cousin says she don't eat seafood. Can we do a little side little? So now you have an extra menu item, last minute changes, 
Ooh, wow. Did we say it started at five? Mm, mm, mm. Can we do, can we do, uh, how would four o'clock work? Because all this, right? Y'all, I'm speaking from stuff that's happened to me. <laughs> the people who you cut the deal give you the most problems. So either do it at cost, like, hey, just buy the food and then the labor is on me. Don't even worry about it. This is pro bono. Or say no. Save yourself. Save yourself. Yo, save yourself. I'm just trying to tell you. Listen, my caterer is in the building. Tell me, tell me, how do you deal with people who are balling on a budget? Do you even take those clients? What is your, what is your tier, right? Who do you serve? And if you don't know who you serve, you should figure that out because you got to inspect what you expect, right? If you're going low to mid tier and you're always competing on price, you it's make you making a hard, hard road for yourself, a hard, hard road. Because somebody can always be a dollar cheaper. 22, I got 21. 21, 20, I'll do it for 19. 19 and free drinks. Ooh, 19 and free drinks. I'll do 19 free drinks and a dessert. Um, but like, like how low can you go? Can you go down low? All the way to the flow? It ain't never, never gonna stop. So don't do it to yourself. Thank you for listening to the Hospitality Hacks Pro Show where we give you tips, tricks, and tidbits to make your operation run just a little bit smoother. Make sure you've liked, comment, subscribed, follow all the things, do all the things, share this with somebody who's interested in catering or as a current caterer. Um, I'm about to pick back up on the interviews soon, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I, um, you know, I shared with you that, um, one of my last uh, bigger interviews, um, the gentleman passed away very shortly after the interview aired and it kind of shook me a little bit. Um, Dylan, you know, it, 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 it shook me because, I kind of felt the weight of that. I kind of felt the weight of storytelling, right? Because it's fun. It's light. It's okay. Let's dig into your journey. Let's dig into your story. We having easy conversations, right? It's cool. And then the weight of, wow, that's the last time I'll ever speak to that person, you know, in this realm. This is the last posted interview to the world, right? It's it's like I don't I don't know. I, it wasn't a negative thing outside of the loss necessarily. It, it also kind of felt like an honor, but it was heavy. It was heavy. It was heavy. So, um, you know, I appreciate y'all just tuning in for the solo episodes. We're going to bring some some guests back. I've had the opportunity to uh, meet some more amazing people in and around the hospitality and culinary arts industry. And so um, we're going to kick back up on the on the interviews pretty soon. So make sure y'all stay tuned. And if it's anybody you think we should bring on the show, let me know. Uh, I love y'all. Don't forget also all of thoughts, opinions, and my two cents are minds and minds alone and does not, do not, will not ever represent any other corporation or organization. Saw me. I'll talk to y'all later. Love you. Bye.